Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Happy New Year! You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene, episode 489 with myself, Ray. I'm with the homie, Will T. Vole is out for the second straight week. Will T, Happy New Year, brother. Did you do anything special on, on New Year's Eve? Happy New Year, my brother. No, I didn't. Um, actually, I got my black card back. I, I watched The Heart of They Fall on Netflix. Wow, um, a couple of friends that? of mine. So, yeah, man, a couple black, couple of my friends. They said, "Yo, would you ever seen it? You lost your black card." So, you know, I got my black card back by watching that, and um, that's it. Not too much, man. Not too much. Very chill, low key. Uh, New Year's this year. We'll see. You want me to talk about the snow and my experience in driving in the snowstorm. But I'm not going to do that. Shout out to those individuals out there who are still fighting to get home on 95 MDA, man. It's no joke. I'm not going to speak on my experience, even though I told Wole that it was a <laughs> it was an adventure, to say the least, because I had to be out, unfortunately, yesterday morning. But we are here now. We're safe. I am home. We'll see. You are safe. And I'm glad you watched that movie. The music was dope. You know, Jay-Z was behind the production on that, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yes, sir. So the urban sports scene, of course, is part of Empire Media. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV podcast shows, such as the John Kahn Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kahn, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, just search the Urban Sports Team. Also, go to YouTube and subscribe to the Urban Sports Team there as well. This show can also be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options and news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. And lastly, don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Team and hit us up on our Urban Sports Team Facebook page. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. <laughs> we'll further break down and watch the football team's loss to the Philadelphia Eagles and share our thoughts on off-season priorities, including stadium renovations. Hey, Will, did you see that? Uh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Listen, I saw, bro, I saw the collapse. Health and safety protocols. We got to put the stadium in there. Uh, 8-25, we're talking Washington Wizards and the strong play of Bradley Bill and Kyle Kuzma, another life-skin brother on the rise. Is this sustainable, and where does Rui fit into the equation? And lastly, we'll discuss the NFL playoffs and what we feel is like a lack of a consensus front run. At least I do. But first, Will T, what did you make of the Washington football team's most recent defeat to the Philadelphia Eagles, 20-16, to dropping the Washington football team to 1-4 and in the NFC East? 
You know what? Um, as much as the easy thing for me to say would be to say, um, you know, this is this was a team that um, that a, a superior team with superior talent and coaching one. Um, I, I saw something that I like from the Washington football team. I saw some fight. I saw some resolve, and I'm not talking about fight. You know, Jonathan Allen and <laughs> Robert and um and Ron Payne and Dewan De- Payne. Um, you saw this team. You know, um, at moments struggle. This was a team that um, had a lot of injuries. That also was dealing with uh, two teammates who experienced the uh, track. Um, um, two teammates who experienced the loss of life in their lives um, with Montez Sweat and um, DeShazer Everett over the past couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the biggest story around this team coming off of the loss against Dallas was, you know, the Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne um, sideline scuffle. You know, you wanted to see how this team would um, bounce back from all of that. And they, and they showed some fight. They showed some determination. But ultimately, the just the the team that made the necessary adjustments from a coaching perspective, and a team with uh, a little bit better talent at this time, meaning the Philadelphia Eagles won won against uh, the, the Washington Football Team. Awesome, bro. Well, I thought Realty that the effort was good. The first half, the Washington Football Team, they did what they do. They played good defense. They held the Eagles. To, I, I want to say, what was the score at halftime? Uh, remind me if you don't remember. If, if you remember, because the Eagles did they? I want to say they did not get a, a touchdown in the first half, and they ran Eagles the football score well. Touchdown. They did. They did. Exactly. They helped. The they did not. They did not score a touchdown in the first half. The Washington football team ran the ball effectively. Ran the ball effectively. Taylor Heineke was efficient, even though they were short throws. That's what he does. And again, the Washington football team was leading at halftime. Unfortunately, in the second half, I believe the defense, of course, tired out a bit. Jalen Hurts extended some plays. He's hard to contain. And we saw how that game ended. The Washington football team just could not muster up much on offense, which falls on one individual being Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, who I'm going to mention this week, even though Wole is not on the show. And we'll get to him when we, when we discuss our all-season priorities because my man Wole already hit me up about that being on his list. Of course that is. But Scott Turner needed to stick to the run. I think we all knew that to help out his quarterback, get his quarterback on the move outside the pocket and make some throws to his number one receiver, and that's Terry McLaurin. But at the end of the day, I think the Washington football team mentally, as, as, as strong as you said they are, they knew that they didn't have a chance, a, a good chance at least, to make the playoffs. There was a, a glimmer of hope, and I believe that this team was looking forward to the offseason after what you just mentioned, the different incidents. It's just been a tumultuous year, especially as of late. Some unfortunate uh, situations occurring on this team, and it's time to start over in the offseason. But there is a game let me clean up. this weekend. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Ray, let me clean up one one thing. Um, okay. At halftime, the score was 16-7, to seven, Washington. Okay, so it was one touchdown, my bad. Okay, so but, but still, yep. of course, you, you go into halftime, Willie, you only allow one touchdown. My bad. Again, it, it looked promising. You saw the difference between this Washington team versus the one that showed up that had so many players on the COVID list a few weeks prior in Philadelphia. So, yeah, I appreciate the the – the, uh, correction, but moving forward to this week, uh, a meaningless game. However, what did you make of Joe Judge, the New York Giants coach, take his shot at the Washington football team and his pressure? I mean, it's the easy thing to do, right? You know, um, Mike McCarthy, he 
you know, when he uh, he came back and he said that, you know, the first game against Washington said that they would win that game, right? And they did. Um, Joe Judge, you know, he's a guy who, you know, is probably smelling himself because he knows that he'll be back next year despite two uh, very underwhelming seasons. And then he sees this Washington team coming kind of limping to the finish line. Um, also, like the uh, New York football giants with nothing to play for. And he just says, hey, I want to um, make a bold statement to kind of empower my team, you know. Um, so I, I think that's all. That's, I think that's the only thing, you know, with, with his statement. We are a boxing show, right, Will? We love boxing on this show. And what I can compare this to is Amir Khan, um, <laughs> his upcoming fight uh, versus Kell Brook. They're talking so much trash. They're like, I'm going to retire you. This is going to be your last fight. Kell Brook is like, if I lose to Amir Khan, I retire. But at the end of the day, how significant is this fight in terms of the popularity of boxing, in terms of boxing fans? And this game, Joe Judge is trying to hype it, but it is so meaningless. It really is. But I guess it does have draft implications. Do you think that, that's, that's a big, uh, I guess, uh, focus that's going the, into this game? Look, no, no. Look, if you are the Giants and you're coming off a loss, a twenty-nine to three loss um, against the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears, I don't think there's really room for you to talk any smack coming into this game. Now, I understand why <laughs> Joe Judge felt the need to, but there isn't any. This, this game is one of this truly is one of those games where guys are going to go into the locker room, throw their jerseys um, in the middle of the floor, and most of them probably are, you know, um, and they're going to head, they're going to head, they're going to get on their bus or get in their cars and they're going to go home and they're going to go in the next day and they're going to clean out their lockers at the training facility. This is a meaningless game. This is one of those games that, to be honest with you, um, if there's certain guys who you know are going to be a part of your core going forward next year, you don't even play those guys, right? So if you're Ron Rivera, do you play Jonathan out? Do you pay? Do you play Deron Payne, right? Um, do you play, you know, uh, a Terry McLaurin? Because those are guys you know you want next year. There's no reason for those guys to play this game unless they have, you know, unless they just want to go out there for the sense of pride or they have some type of um, performance incentives in their contract. This, this is one of those dangerous games where a guy can get hurt for to play a meaningless game to play in a meaningless game. Hey, listen, we done mentioned the word meaningless how many times. However, I will say this. For a guy like Jamin Davis, this may not be meaningless. With Ron Rivera coming out and saying that he may be better on the outside, this this just might be an evaluation period for this coaching staff. So the young guys and those guys who are on the, the, the verge of being released or not part of this roster next year, maybe this is a meaningful game to them. And you want to go out and play well. And who's playing quarterback for the Giants this week? Jake Fromm? That's one reason yeah. why I feel like Joe Judge. I like Jake Fromm, too, because I'm just a Georgia Bulldogs fan. But we've seen his, his arm strength <laughs> and how that hindered his ability to get drafted, even though he's a good quarterback. Not drafted, He did get drafted. I mean, drafted in the top three rounds of, of the NFL draft. And while he's a good quarterback, good dude, seemingly, I watched the Netflix QB1 special with him on it. Bro, and we'll uh, we'll just text me F Georgia. Hey, listen, you you gotta respect that Georgia's consistent, dude. So calm down. I like Jake Fromm. Don't hit on Jake Fromm, Wale. Jake Fromm is not somebody who's going to 
pose a significant threat at quarterback. So this might be a good opportunity for some of these defensive players to go in and have a strong showing and, and give a measuring stick for next season. Let me let me ask you this, uh, Ray. What's the difference mm-hmm. between this game and, say, the fourth preseason or excuse me, there's no longer four, a four preseason game. <laughs> the third, the third preseason, preseason game. game, right? It's both both games are essentially meaningless. The difference is guys are under contract. You know, guys are on the team. They're playing. They're, you know, they have a salary that they'll be paid, a guaranteed salary they'll be paid. But if you think about it, in essence, when it comes to the on-field product, there really isn't a whole lot of difference between that and the third preseason game. This is a meaningless game where you can only get you could only in some aspects hurt yourself going forward if certain key players are injured right so you know if you have guys that have really proven themselves maybe you get them um a half of football right here's the the difference though will you played how many games you struggled and now i'm sure that the coaching staff some some of the decisions that maybe they were intended to make going into the season that's changed now. Maybe some personnel um, or some players on the team who they felt good about, they don't no longer feel good about. Uh, again, Jamie Davis, they felt good about him because of his athleticism, playing the middle. But now they don't feel so confident that he's going to be strong right there in the middle. So it's some it's some evaluation that will take place. But it is a meaningless game. No, we agree on that part. And you have to, at this point, as we're discussing, start looking forward to the off-season, and I appreciate all the social media comments. We're going to get to you. Will T, first, I'm going to ask you, what's the top three priorities for the off-season uh, with this Washington football team? And expound uh, on it, bro. I'm, I'm going to respond to some of the stuff that you say because we, we can't disagree on nothing. It's a lot that needs to be done. <laughs> this final first, three. You need to, first, you need to decide on a name for this franchise, which they'll do Ooh. on February 2nd. Well, I think that's important, right? That's the top priority going into the offseason? I mean, it, it kind of it, it renders what your fran- who you are and what your franchise is going forward. I'm hearing commanders. Don't you think that's kind of important? I think it's Washington football team, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I heard, I heard that was already ruled out along with Wolves and Red Wolves, even though Jason Wright didn't put it out there. But according to sources, quote unquote, the, the name Washington football team will not exist after. February 2nd. But go ahead, brother. My bad. I'm going to let you do your thing, and I'll respond after you done. No, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. So after that, the – the okay, so let, let's not – let's say that's one. One A would be find a quarterback. That would be one A. Find a quarterback, uh-huh. whether through the draft or free agency. Um, number two uh, would be the evaluation of your coaching staff, right? We saw certain elements cert- – we saw – during the season, um, maybe guys weren't put in the right position to excel, and maybe that's a coaching element. So you have to evaluate your coaching staff and make a determination of, you know, if you're Ron Rivera, do I have the right guys inside of that building leading guys at certain positions? Um, the third thing would be um, you need to – Rebuild. You need to build the off. And, and the third thing would be rebuilding the offensive line. And the fourth thing for me would be uh, you need to get look Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. He, you know, when he played, he did look like he, you know, he warranted some attention from some defenses. But 
you need to make a determination on, you know, and get another guy across from Terry McLaurin, another guy that can open up the field for him. Can you believe we're still talking about that after the last offseason when you drafted Deami Brown and you you signed Curtis Samuels? Crazy, but that's where we are. But that may that may come down to one person. Okay, so I like everything you said. Again, we can't disagree at this point. We can we can offer feedback. Like, I might not agree with the order you put uh, your priorities in. And you start out with the name. Uh-huh. I'm a I'm a agree with the masses. You're not winning. The name don't matter. You can be called the Washington Monuments, but if you stuck. Nobody's gonna care what the name is. Okay. I thought you were gonna say something. I thought you were about to interject for a minute, so that's why I got quiet. But look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give no. you mine, right? And, and and I'm not gonna lie. I didn't want to go cliche because a lot of the feedback that I saw here they're very similar. But where we agreed to start at because you said one A is quarterback. You mentioned the name Malik Willis, and I also have been hearing um, the name. Sam Howell from um, North Carolina. Although some people feel as though Sam Howell is not a first-round pick. They feel like if he's around in the second round, you draft him. But I believe not just that you have to add a QB, you have to draft a QB. All the noise around the organization is saying that no top free agent quarterback is going to want to sign here. I know uh, my homie Big Doug's been saying Matt Ryan is probably that top choice of that free agent quarterback list where he's going to probably he'll come here now I, don't don't start that okay because you know i'm atlanta fan but matt ryan is at the end of his career correct and matt ryan yeah he had he had an mvp season i know you don't necessarily think that he's the greatest quarterback and yeah he probably underachieved at times but he was solid i mean he gave atlanta a stable quarterback for years and this 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 football team this organization hasn't had that but that's the only guy that many can say might come here and that's a might and that's a big if as to if Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan wants to win a Super Bowl probably before he retires. So I would think he might just go to a contender and he'll serve as a serviceable backup, which as we see with COVID, you, you know, you're going to be thrust into the lineup potentially at some point on a team. So, but other than that, you can't think of a free agent quarterback. So you're going to have to draft somebody. I don't care if, if Ron is trying to rebuild a certain way. You have to get somebody to establish a sustainable, um, a, sust- a sustainable formula to win in the future. And that starts at the QB position, arguably the most important position on the team. Now, this might shock you, Will T. Number two, I'm gonna say you need to you need to have or and or hold some team building activities in the offseason. Alex Pound. Think about this. Chase Young, he was on Mercedes commercials, he was on Family Feud, he was all over the place. Now, go get your money, brother. I'm not disagreeing with that. But Chemistry not coming in with new faces. William Jackson, uh, Bobby McCain, new guys, Jamin Davis. You had new you had new players, most of whom were on defense, some on offense too, Sam Cosby, some on draft picks, John Bates. And we thought the defense was going to be awesome, but the chemistry lacked. And that boiled over in Dallas when you saw that fight on the sideline. So how do you build cohesiveness? Have you ever been to a team building event <laughs> at your job, Will? <laughs> I have, and I didn't enjoy it much. <laughs> I guess because we don't feel like doing this. Could be honest. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it helps. But think about this: when you're put in a different environment <laughs> with your coworkers, one that's not focused on work, one that's more laid back, you see a different side of them. And most of the time, you can at least have, uh, I guess, more of a, a enjoyable experience with those people not saying that you enjoy the entire team building exercise but just 
your interactions with others, I think, are more positive or they're just different from the workplace. So I think it's team awkward, building man. is big. It's awkward. Those team building things but, can be awkward, man, because <laughs> look, you, you forced to sit around for someone you don't really rock with or you really don't care to hear about their kids or their family life. Like, I don't care. It's just, hey, I need you to do something for me. Do it. That's all. See, will you get a job? Just get the job done. You think the job done? I don't want. I don't want any of that other stuff. I, and I'm pretty sure. And I, hold on, well, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but so go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll, I'll retort to to your uh, to your suggestions afterwards. Go okay, I'm I'm gonna say this. Remember the Miami Heat, right? The year they won the championship with Pat Riley, Dwayne Wade was was the leader of that team. Shaq was on that squad. I want to say this is 2006. Um, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You already helped me out earlier in the show. When they were getting ready to be swept, what it looked like, they were down to Dallas, two games to zero, and they did a team-building activity. They all took pictures, and they took meaningful things about themselves. They placed it in the middle of the locker room in some sort of container, I want to say. It might have been a trash can. And they said, this is what we're playing for. And most of it was family and loved ones and friends. and um People had college teammates, people they grew up with. What, what, what motivated you to come to the league? And that made all the difference. What they do? They came back, they won four straight, and they won the championship. Team building activities can work if you do it right. I know your, <laughs> your job, my job too. We've had some whack ones. The food ain't always good, but this is the NFL. They, they can step it up. So I believe you need to build chemistry. And that starts in the offseason. Coming together, get personal. Um, get to know your brother next to you and play for your brother next to you. That way, hopefully, you know, if frustrations do boil over, it won't reach that point, especially when you have two guys who play together. So team builders number two. Lastly, it's the stadium, Will. Come on, man. How many incidents? We had sewer water that, that they say was it wasn't sewage. It was just leftover rain. You had you had daggone railings collapsing this past week. Almost hit a player. Um, then the PR debacle It's two sides of the story. Oh, we got EMS personnel there quickly. Oh, no, they didn't. We had to get seen once we got back to New Jersey. This was Eagles fast. FedEx Field is a hot mess of turf. It needs to be renovated. If you want people to show up and if you want the fan experience to improve, you have to do that. And that's going to be essential for your business. So those are my three. Quarterback, drafting a quarterback. Number two, team building to build to, to build chemistry. And number three, you got to fix that daggone thing. You're going to be there for the foreseeable future. So there it is. Well, go okay. ahead. All right. I'm going to start. I'm going I'm to go reverse from number three. Number three, that's fair. Um, okay. But I think we've seen over the past, I don't know, 15 years, you know, they have, he had, I, I, I will give Daniel Snyder and Tanya Snyder the discredit. They have made some incremental um, improvements to the stadium, right? inside of it right trying to improve the the game day experience for fans who go and attend the state attend games live in person but the reality is the lease is up in 2027 you aren't going to put that much of a you're, you're not going to invest that that much from a dollar perspective to improve that stadium right um even though you know, most people, some people in PG think it's the crown jewel of Prince George's County. Um, we, we have the Washington football team playing in our backyard. <laughs> there isn't anything around that stadium conceivably for you to do, right? There are no hotels. There's no entertainment. There's no restaurants. There's no, no dining. There, there aren't, there isn't anything around there. And I don't see them 
investing. Only <laughs> text. Uh, yes, yes, there is Jasper's, and there's there's a Friday that's that, that's probably like two miles away from you. <laughs> and Wegmans, go check out Wegmans and get some wings. So, <laughs> but there isn't in the vicinity of the stadium. There are there, there isn't a lot for anyone to do. So I don't really see. Daniel Snyder and the Washington Football Organization um, investing much into improving that stadium, right? Outside of, you know, things that are, you know, outside of regular maintenance upgrade to the stadium. Um, two, the drafting quarterback. That's very that 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 is a great point. Um, that once in a while, once you know, probably ten. Excuse me. Before Mike Shanahan arrived on the scene, and Bruce, excuse me, Bruce Allen, and Mike Shanahan arrived on the scene, this organization was known to overpay for free agency. And because you hadn't done a lot of winning, that's why you got free agents to come here. It was like, hey, you want to get paid? Come to Washington. But now, since the money spigot has been cut off, and this team tries to underpay people, you'll be hard pressed to find <laughs> a. Uh, a free a a a, a top tier free agent quarterback that's available with Washington is like in their top two or three preferred destinations. So it, it will be important for this offseason. This will be third year in Ron this will be the third year of Ron Rivera's um you know contract year. Uh contract mm-hmm. or the, the Ron Rivera era, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. We know that Taylor Heineke, while he has a lot of things you like as a quarterback, that grit, resolve, he can make plays um, with his feet to, pro, you know, um, to kind of help the offensive line out when they're in trouble. You know that this isn't the guy who can be a guy long term. So you need to find a guy via the draft. Now, the, the thing that concerns me about the, you know, finding a guy via the draft is, Sometimes teams tend to force it, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they they grab they they grab a guy a little early. Um, then what? Then his uh then his evaluation grade, then your scouting department has um has evaluated. It. So you know, will even though well, Dave Snyder can't you know he technically can't be in the building running um the day to day operations, so you don't have to worry about him lending his voice to liking such such and such quarterback, but I'm pretty sure that they know who he prefers if they were to draft a quarterback. Um, and the number one thing, the team building thing, I don't know about that, Ray. Well, no, no, well, no it's about, it's about, no, I'll say this. It's very valid. It's very valid. Um, you know, um, guys who play football, you know, people, everyone who, who I've talked to who's played football on a high school, college, or professional level says that you have to be able, you have to want to lay it all out on the line for your brother, the man who's standing right next to you, and all of your teammates. So be, getting that team chemistry is essential. But, I, you know, in the age of COVID, how do you do that, right? You know, mm-hmm. Omicron, you know, um, Omicron spreading away. Come on, virtual will is ways, man. Man, it's not it's not the same virtual, man. It's not the same. Yeah, but being able to do, you just, you being able to do certain like things. Go ahead. Building activities, how it's not always uh, comfortable being in that situation. I don't know if comfortable is the word you use, but 
maybe it will be a bit simpler if everybody like, hey, log on the Zoom at this time. So there's ways. But these guys have been around each other all season. I don't think, you know, just a negative test and getting in the same room will be a problem as long as you don't have symptoms. But I get you, though. My bad. No, 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 no. That's valid. That's what we're supposed to do, man. If you got a point to make, make your point. Um, well, they said Zoom meetings are boring. <laughs> they are. Well, they is the but man. They're comfortable, well, they well talk, but they're comfortable, though. But they're comfortable. But but Zoom meetings are comfortable because you get to be in your house and your in your PJs. You know what I mean? We all got the drawers on down by like that commercial. I know it's Zoom meeting. You feeling it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got clean up with underneath you, Eva. Wole. Nope, you don't. <laughs> got the lo- the lotion and the shirts on the couch. Just stay there. <laughs> oh. Yeah, sorry about man. that. My earpiece. Sorry, sorry about that. My earpiece came out. Um, That's all right. But not a, but um, the, you know, the building, you know, the camaraderie, it, it's interesting to see how they'll, how they'll go about doing that. Um, I'm going to call you out too, Will T, because Will T, Will A, can, Will okay. A, you can admit it, Texas, if you agree, he enjoyed the show virtually much more. He ain't got to drive. He ain't got to get there on time. Like, it's, it, he always on time now because he's at home. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it's so much easier being virtual. So virtual can work. Oh no no no! They're, 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 look no <laughs> so no hold on. So I, I'm not going to say that necessarily. I think the better it makes for a better product when we're all in person, because then I know like when you're about to say something and I know not to overtalk. It's hard to oh, do yeah, that true. via the phone, right? True. And you know. I, I can't wait to get back to us doing the show maybe once every three weeks in person. No. I know, man. I miss seeing you and your white tee, bro. Walk through the door. Anyway, George <laughs> Templeton on, on Twitter, he said, first of all, you got to find a quarterback. Number two, upgrade both coordinators. He said both coordinators, Wole, and add and improve talent uh, in the defense's back seven. Can't argue with any points he made, although I don't see Del Rio going anywhere because – like we talked about on our post-game show, where do you go from Del Rio? George, I know you're going to be listening at some point. If you're not listening now, tell us where to go. you got to have a solution too, baby. It's not too many Raheem Morris out there, but maybe you have that. Uh, hit us up, of course, like you always do on social media. I'm going to go to um, Bobby Williams next on Twitter. He said, number one, quarterback. Number two, middle linebacker. Interesting. And number three, Chase Young's development. Chase Young's development is a priority. That's different. He's he's the only one on social media to put that out there. Will, what you think about that? Uh, that's an interesting point, right? This was supposed to be the year because based off of what we saw from Chase Young during his rookie season, this was supposed to be the year where Chase Young possibly contended for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, when when he was on the field, um, he didn't make an impact from a statistical perspective, right? Getting to sacks, making strip fumbles creating turnovers, things of that nature. But you saw his impact because of, you know, how um, offensive lines would shift towards him, how they would have to chip him with a running back coming out of the backfield, right? You know, um, so, and the the most important thing is you want to see Chase Young not freelance as much and keep his uh, rush lane integrity, right? Because we saw instances where a lot of sacks were not gotten by him or quarterbacks were allowed to escape the pocket because the front four didn't keep their their rush responsibilities stay in their lanes. Hmm. Okay, brother. Spit it. All right. 
Uh, we got Steven. I believe he was on Facebook. I want to say his last name. Let me, I hope I get it right. Well, they text me from wrong. Griffin, but Steven on uh, Facebook, he said defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, very similar to uh, George. And he said, bring back, oh, Stephen Miller. Dang, what I say, Griffin? <laughs> Stephen Miller, my fault. No disrespect. Appreciate you, brother, for, for the comment. Bring back AB, um, meaning Adrian Peterson, we believe, all day. That's his nickname. I don't know why we would bring back Adrian Peterson here at this point. Um, why would you, Sean? I don't know. Hey, go I, ahead, bro. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I like, I like the running, I like the running, I like, uh, I like who they have in the backfield now, Gibson, but that's just me. Okay. And Wole, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and read Wole's too. Wole chimed in on this. Uh, no surprise here. Quarterback, I don't know, Wole, if you meant draft one or sign one in free agency, offensive coordinator, we already know how you feel about Scott Turner. And Wole went a little different, too. He said just have a good draft because now after evaluating the rookie class this year, people are saying this was a bad draft class. Um, there's no one standout except for John Bates is the person that people are excited about moving forward, which is interesting when he was, you know, viewed as a blocking tight end coming into the season. And now he has stolen the heart. <laughs> oh, and Cosby. Cosby. Cosby was good. I like Cosby. I think Santa Cosby was good. Uh, but other than that, Cameron Cheeseman, um, the Yami Brown, um, who else uh, am I, am I missing? Of course, Jamin Davis. Um, what's the corner's name again, Will? Forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm messing up names today. I'm focused on social media right now. Do Benjamin St. Juice, yes. Will, yes. what did you think about this draft class? And, uh, do you think an upgrade is needed in terms of personnel selection and who should make the selection? Rivera needs to kind of step back from that, I think. Well, I'll say this. Um, I think you really can't evaluate a draft class until like two or three years out, right? Um, most guys, you know, um, coming in their rookie year, they're trying to figure things out. Uh, or they may, or there may be some type of preferential treatment given to, uh, veterans ahead of them. Um, we, you know, so I think you have, you have to give, be able to give guys a, uh, enough of a sample size before you can make a you can make a judgment on them. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say, you know, this this draft class was a bust or not just yet. Um but I'll say this. You can't you 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 have to have guys who can come in and contribute from that you have to have more guys in this upcoming 2022 draft who can come in and possibly contribute from day one, then guys, then your situation from 2021, because it, it seems as if some of the guys that you drafted in 2021 are are depth or backup guys, right? Um, their play hasn't shown their their play thus far hasn't shown you that um, they could be every down contributors for you. So I think you need to hit. I think you you need to have a higher hit rate. On some of the guys you draft, you draft in 2022 to come in and, oh, and hope that they could be regular contributors. Absolutely, you're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Rand Will T. We're in the building. Wole is out. SLWA211. He said on, I believe this was IG quarterback. Uh, the, he said the secondary Landon Collins is overpaid. By the way, and again quarterback. He he had quarterback twice. He said, honestly, the team is not very good. Good pieces, but hasn't come 
together consistently. Most, if not all, of our wins were fluke, and TH, me and Tanner Haneke, has basically peaked. He just doesn't have it, which is why he is stressing quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And lastly, our homie Reginald Woodson, now he had the weirdest one, man. Um, he said, I don't know if anything crucial could truly be improved based on all the things to consider. Hard to really evaluate the coaches when they never had a healthy team on the field. Definitely need to address quarterback free agency um, versus draft, he said, which is interesting. And lastly, Taylor Heineke is going on with strength and conditioning and the training staff. <laughs> so, where so many players live on IR, so he's taking a shot at Taylor Heineke. Like, you will be on the strength and conditioning staff and help players get back on the field because he's basically trying to say he's not a quarterback. We appreciate all the comments. We'll see what this team does. I think a team building activity would be dope. But anyway, <laughs> Will T, Bradley Bill, he's a distributor, bro. Uh, these last three games, he's played awesome. We're talking Wizards now. We're going to transition into basketball. I just got a, a, a message from the producer saying, skip the break. Let's keep it moving. Even though he had a stall queued up and everything, it's all good. But what did you think about Bradley Bill getting 17 assists against, against the Chicago Bulls, albeit in the loss? But this his play as of late, been more efficient. He's been the primary ball handler. Then when he's been out, um, can he sustain this level of success uh, with the Washington Wizards right now as they play teams that are beatable? They have the Orlando Magic several times coming up, and they can make a playoff push. What do you think about Brad? Uh, I think it's nice to see that part of his game. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, when Bradley Bill came into the league, one of the, quest one of the questions that some people had was his ability to create off the dribble, not just for himself but for others. And he's shown, you know, his game has kind of come – full circle, you know, um, with him collecting, what was it, like 17 assists against the Chicago Bulls. <clears throat> but will he be able to sustain this? No, just for – I don't think it's in the best interest of your team to have Bradley Bill um, play this type of way because, let's be honest, you don't have uh, a lot – you know, you have some guys from an offense – I don't want to say just kind of issue on the team. You have some guys – from an offensive perspective with uh, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, um, Montrez Harrell when he comes back. So you have some weapons, you have some pieces, but you don't want a team to be able to set their defense against um, Bradley Bill because then you run into what James Harden and the Houston Rockets ran into, right? With him getting the ball at the top of the key, excuse me, dribble, 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 um, make a move to beat his man, then get past his man and, and make an assist. Um, when you have a guy who's that impactful as a, um, offensive weapon, you want him to play off of the balls. That way teams won't be able to concentrate and hone in their defense on him. Look how, look at, um, the Golden State Warriors. Look how just having Steph Curry, him being able to move. You know, with different with different kinds of stagger screens, all you know, um, curls, um, flare screens. What he's done, what him playing that way, what it's done for um, the Golden State Warriors and how it's opened up their offense. And Bradley Bill, you know, even though he he isn't the shooter that Steph Curry is, you know, he's you know he he's a guy who definitely um, has uh, great accuracy from three and um, has tremendous range. So you want him to play off the ball. Wow. I don't know if you, – you really think that James Harden comparison is a good one? 
Um, because James Harden, to me, I, I, he had his team playing at a high level. I mean, they were top, you know, three, five seed, sometimes competing for that number one seed in the Western Conference when he was, I mean, just a flat-out playmaker, scorer and distributor. I don't think Brad has gotten to that level yet. I do think it's a, I do think it's a fair assessment because if you look, if we look at those Houston Rocket teams, outside of Chris Paul and outside of Russell Westbrook when they played with James Harden and pop, and maybe Eric Gordon, right? Who are the guys that could create for themselves off of the dribble or who were an offensive threat consistently? There wasn't anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And I take and that's why I use that example for Bradley Bill and the Wizards. If we look at Kyle Kuzma, isn't a guy who's going to get who isn't going to create shots for himself or others. Um, KCP isn't a guy who's going to he's more of a three and D guy. That's you know that's we you view him as more of um, more or less. So I think it's in the same you're in the same situation outside of. The Wizards aren't a team that's going to host, hoist up uh, 33 threes a game, right? If you get mm. Brad, if you put the ball in Brad's hand. Okay. Uh, I, again, Brad, every year he gets better. I love him. And we're about to just continue to have this discussion as to what he's playing for. Um, somebody posted, I'm not saying that's somebody, excuse me. CEO at Trey Millie 15 on Twitter. He said, Brad is doing it right if he is after the money. Get that $200 million. Stay for a year or two into the deal and then ask out. He said, that's the smartest thing to do if he wants to win after he signs the deal. I just don't see him as a Batman winning a ring. And then Taj Wilson actually replied to that. Um, he said, nah, not Batman. I don't think he is a Nightwing. He said, Shepard has his hands full because not only do you have Brad, do they resign Harold? What do you do with Kuz if he said what to do if Kuz doesn't opt in for his player option? Do they trade Thomas Brown or Rui? Is Dinwiddie okay? He said just so many questions around signing Brad at that amount of money. But that's what Brad is playing for, essentially, right? He's trying to maximize his value, whether it's here or whether it's not in Washington. Um, I don't. I still think I don't care if he becomes James Harden. This team is a top three seed. I don't know if two hundred million plus. Is going to be the smart move for this franchise in terms of building a good, a, just a, a good team, an all-around good team. But, but that's, but you kind of, that's the situation you you kind of box yourself into at that point, right? You mm-hmm. you 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 haven't proactively gauged the market for what Bradley Bill could give you, right? So, and we all know that, um, you know, Bradley Bill. Okay, let's say he he if he were to be traded to another team, a team that's in the champion, most likely he would be traded to a team that's in championship contention. Correct? That's what his request would be, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that said team would give Bradley Bill two hundred million dollars? No, heck no, no sir. The best way for him to get it is like the listener said: stay in Washington. I want to be in Washington. I want to be in Washington. Then you get the $200 million. Then a year, maybe a year and a half into the contract. I don't see any long term. I don't see a, I don't see how we win long term with this organization. So then you have to trade them. You have to trade them to, you know, and because, you know, 
Um, the way that today's NBA is with cut, with player empowerment, most likely you have to trade him to a place that he wants to be. That's well, see, that's work out. That's what I've been saying. If he doesn't commit by the trade deadline, then then you got to move on from Brad. If I'm if I'm Tommy Shepard, which I don't think he's going to do, of course. I already said that I, I keep dangling the name Ben Simmons. I believe that Philly would, I believe they would take on um, a Bradley Bill because he would be a good compliment to a guy like Joel Embiid, of course. And just Brad is a uh, flat-out scorer, shooter. He would be dope in Philly, kind of like Seth Curry is thriving in his role in Philly. When we know Brad is a bit more uh, skilled off the dribble than Seth Curry. Yeah. But Cam, Cameron Mingo. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. No, and that and that's a great suggestion, but we also forget who Ben Simmons' agent is, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports. So if right. they don't want to come to Washington, they they'll make it, they'll make it they'll make enough noise to let Washington know, hey, we don't want to be here, so don't bring Ben Simmons here, or it's not going to be a very enjoyable situation. I think Washington was on Ben Simmons' shortlist. Um, Washington was definitely there. I want to say Portland was there and uh, Dallas were on um, Ben Simmons' short list of teams that he would want to play for, if I'm not mistaken. So there's a possibility of that happening. But, again, right now, when, when you look at the schedule, again, you, got, you have several winnable games coming up. As a matter of fact, I want to pull up, um, I want to pull up the schedule because I, want to, I just want to look. I mean, I don't, I don't always like looking at schedule. But the way this team is playing, aren't we more confident now that the Wizards can win these games against teams that are struggling, such as, again, the Orlando Magic? They, they'll pull these games out as, as opposed to in the past where they, they would not always win those games that they were supposed to, where they went in the favorite. I think now they're in a good position to where if you, uh, quote-unquote, win these games. I have yeah, the schedule in front of me. So oh, you do good. next game is... Wednesday against the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Then Friday at Chicago. I think that'll be a loss. Um, Sunday at Orlando. That you should win that game. Right. Um, Tuesday, January the 11th against the Oklahoma City, uh, Thunder. You should win that game. Wednesday versus Orlando. You should win that game. It's Saturday the 15th against Portland at home. So without Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, I don't know if those two guys would be available to play those days. You should win that game. Hmm. So 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 we think we thinking about it. The next one, two, three, four. Yeah. OKC, okay, Orlando, uh, definitely those six, wins. Orlando twice. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So probably five, um, four out of the six games. You know, depending if Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum play. Four out of six games, you should go into favorite and you should win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, you're putting yourself in a position to be a top six seed right around the time where the trade deadline starts to creep closer, which may be a, a, a favorable um, thing for Brad, depending on, again, what his mindset is. But let's move on real quick, um, Will, because we also want to discuss Kyle Kuzma, 36-14 versus the Hornets last night. Big three-pointers late, clutch coups. Talked about his championship DNA after the game, which I thought was dope. Also on Saturday, 29-12 and 12 against Chicago. Also a game in which the Wizards, they should have won at home. Strong effort against a really good Chicago Bulls team. What should make of Kuz play as of late? And also, what do you do with Rui, who has not played a game yet this season? 
Well, I, I think history has shown that Kyle Kuzma hasn't historically been able to sustain this type, this level of play. Um, it's great to see him, you know, it's great to, and I don't know if it was just because he was in LA and he didn't have, um, you know, he wasn't a pro- primary uh, playmaker. It was because, you know, the offense wasn't structured in that way or just LeBron didn't, didn't, um, weren't, wasn't able to find him open for a lot of opportunities. But he's doing it now. Thankfully, he's doing it in D.C. I don't think that, you know, he'll be able to sustain this level of play. But if he, you know, if he's able to come in and be the number the number two scorer for this team um, over the second half of the season, you know, being a guy that could almost average like 20 and possibly almost 20 and 10, that bodes well for the that bodes well for the Wizards, and if he's able to do that, given that you know, um, and I don't know the situation with Rui, I don't know if it's a situation where he, um, uh, if there are things in his personal life that he's working through, or he just doesn't want to be in D.C. playing in D.C., then you have to start to explore your options. Mm. And I was going to read this tweet. From Cameron Mingo, shout out to him, man. Always a pleasure to have him listen to our show and converse with him on social media. He said, going back to Brad real quick, because I, I meant to um, to read this. He said, yes, I believe Brad should stay as a distributor. That's what has been his game since Wall got hurt. He said, as for Rui, make him a backup power forward, a small forward to see how he contributes after missing a lot of time. But if Kuzma keeps his play up, then trade Rui. LaMarcus Dofet came back and said, why trade him? Don't you think he can be a good player if Kuz is a good player? And Cameron said, of course, I think he can be a good player. But if Rui can't live up to the expect, I mean, to the potential that the Wizards fans have been waiting to see under Coach West, I sell, then trade him. And to be honest, I've seen a number of uh, <clears throat> individuals on social media who said Rui can be traded. They feel as though the Wizards, with the roster the way it's currently constructed, can win without him, which they kind of are at this point. They, of course, ran into some struggles. But... Overall, this is a much better team, a much better coach team than last season, and that's been without Rui Hachimura, although you already know how I feel about Rui. I believe he could be a key contributor under a new coach who will allow him to play his game, kind of like he played at Gonzaga, and have the ball in his hands. Rui's an excellent shooter. He can add size and athleticism um, to that front court. So I think Rui, who's also versatile, powerful, a small forward, it was just indicated he can stay on this roster, and he can, he can ball. What he can't do, though, is he can't rebound as good as Kuz can yet, and he cannot shoot from the three-point line as good as Kuz. And for that reason, he's going to have to come off the bench. No, I agree. Totally agree. Um, I don't know when he'll be back. Hopefully he's able to come back soon. Um, but like I said, I, I, I want to see this team at full strength, meaning I want to I see him and I want to see Thomas Bryant. And I want to see how, you know, how West Unseld and West Unseld Jr. and the coaching staff integrate those two players and what they're able to contribute to this team down the stretch. So we'll see the Wiz currently 19 and 18. Uh, is it safe to say, uh, I know we talked about how the, the rest of the season will look, that we're confident as analysts and fans are confident that this Wiz team will take play, will, will be part of the postseason. I'm not going to say top six per se, but they'll take part in the postseason, whether that be playoffs or playoffs. Are we confident at this I, point the way they're hooping? Yeah, I think they'll be – I think they they played well enough to at least be in the play-in. 
Mm, that's that's as that's as far as I go. I think this team's played well enough that I feel confident that this could be a team that will be in the play-in. But having said that, um, there are two teams, the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks, that um, are just outside of the top ten. So you have to ask yourself, um, will those two teams, because those two teams were both playoff teams um, last year, will those two teams kind of get back to how they played in 2021? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's a fair know, like point. Like I said, one of the, yeah, one and one of the things I, I tend to look at, and I know that you know one of my uh, one of my friends, if he's listening, he's a, a a stat geek like myself. You know, is point differential. You know, I look at the Wizards, a negative two point two point differential. The Knicks, a negative one point, and the Atlanta Hawks, a negative point zero. Ne- excuse me, a negative zero point one. Um, to me, those teams are far, you know, those last two teams are, are, in my opinion, you know, even though the record doesn't, doesn't show it, you know, are a little bit better. Those teams are a little bit better just from a point differential standpoint. So if they get back to playing consistent basketball over the second half, like they did last year, you know, you begs to, begs to ask, you know, what two teams will come out of that top 10 if they're, if they're able to, um, elevate into the top 10. Maybe the Wizards are one of those teams that fall out. But you never know. Yeah, we, we can expect that Cleveland may take a step back too just based off injuries. So we'll see. The Wizards will have an opportunity, but you got to beat these teams. You're talking about the Knicks, Atlanta, uh, Boston, I'm going to throw in there, Indiana. You have to hold serve at home, protect your home court, and you should be fine just based on how you started the season and where you are now and how you're playing now and how these two guys that we just identified, Cruz and Brad, Maybe it's hard to find a better duo than Coos and Brad. Put it out there, Wole, right now. But um, speaking of po- <laughs> speaking of postseason, <laughs> we are going to talk NFL playoffs. And here's the thing, Will. For those of, uh, of, of those for those individuals who are subscribed to the Urban Sports Team, you're getting an ad free show. We're not, we're going to skip our last break as well, and we're going to keep it moving. Don't you love the Urban Sports Team? We're doing it for free. You only have to pay extra to get the ads and the commercials removed. So. Will T, the question coming into the show is, is there a consensus favorite to win the Super Bowl right now? I'm going to say no. What do you think? I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, if you force me to pick two teams right now, did I say, you know, one team from the NFC, one team from the AFC? Um, if I had to choose, I would say Kansas City and Green Bay. Um, mm. But I don't think that, that there isn't um, a consensus favorite, you know, headed into the Super Bowl. Usually around this time of year, you know, we're able to pick out, you know, three, you know, two or three teams that would say, you know, specifically one from, you know, each uh, conference and say those would be the two teams that would be, you know, playing on the last Sunday um, for the for the Super Bowl championship. But it's been a lot of inconsistencies from a play perspective. And then also you add in um, the health and safety protocols related to COVID. So you, you, you never really know. Never really know. That's, that's a great point. That, that, that could possibly hinder a team. I know we're still figuring out who's going to be in the playoffs, but Kevin Nibley just added on Twitter. He said, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, my best three left, but any 
but any could be an upset, but any could be upset any week, uh, which is true. Uh, because look at what happened. The, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. The Bengals, it, it, on any given Sunday, can beat anybody. Um, so it'll be great. The Colts are another scary team. They have a really good defense. If they're running the ball well, I think they could beat anybody. So I'm loving this. We'll see. Is this good for the NFL that there is no prohibited favor that Tom Brady isn't expected to just walk through the playoffs and win another Super Bowl? What do you think? Uh not necessarily. Um, you know, the NFL is all about the, you know, the quarterback position and marketing that star quarterback. Um, mm. The the one thing you know that you could possibly end up with, you know, it's feasible is, you know, Carson Wentz in the Indianapolis Colts versus um, Kyler Murray in the uh, or no, excuse me, against. Um, yeah, possibly Kyler Murray in the Arizona Cardinals. Not that sexy of a matchup heading to the Super Bowl, right? You know, when you have a guy like Tom Brady um, and his team is one of the favorites, you always know you're going to have that star power. You know you're going to have Tom Brady. You know that, you know, the NFL knows you know, the most important game on the last Sunday of the season, they'll be able to develop a storyline around Tom Brady. Right. What's the storyline for Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray? There isn't one. Right. What's the storyline <laughs> for Jalen, for a guy like Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts versus, uh, Joe, you know, a Joe Burrow. There isn't one. Right. Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know if storylines is, is that significant for, for many fans. Like look at the Super Bowl with the Cardinals. That Larry Fitzgerald, um, Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolton, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner was the was the storyline. Kurt Warner, the free agent, the guy who was bagging groceries, who won a title with uh, St. Louis. Can he do it again with Arizona, another beaten down franchise that hadn't won a championship in fifty plus years? That was the storyline. You really think that was the storyline going into that game? Absolutely, I absolutely one hundred percent do. How did look? Okay, I mean, I, I, okay, I, I, okay, I, I, okay, I, okay, okay. I, I, I tell you, I, okay, Ray. When we when you know those two weeks or you know be after the NS after the championship week, right? There are no games that next week, right? Right. No, right, right. There's right. no football game. <laughs> okay, yeah. So the. What, and, you know, the majority of the world, they consume their sports from where? ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. Even though ESPN is losing um, households, losing viewership, it still has enough staying power where they kind of drive the storyline of sports. The thing you'll hear that week in between, you know, um, after the championship games and um, before I guess Super Bowl week, quote unquote, starts is you'll start to hear narratives on ESPN, and you'll hear narrative on other sports outlets. Excuse me <clears throat> about the games or the players in the game, and that's important because that's what makes the general public want to follow the game, right? The diehard sports fans like you, like you, me, Wole, or people who listen to the show, we're gonna watch the Super Bowl regardless. But to get to 
but for it to make the make it a pop culture sensation that the NFL really wants it, so you you get like 25, 50 million people watching the Super Bowl, you have to have a storyline that people can buy into. And I don't, and you uh, don't have that if you just have regular regular quarterbacks, or you don't have a guy who you, is perceived as being like the next, the one. Well. If one of the top quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, makes a Super Bowl, that will be the storyline. Hopefully, it's against a team that many are not expecting to to win, such as uh, Indianapolis Colts or Cincinnati Bengals, because the America loves underdog. The NCAA tournament is amazing because we love to see the underdogs win. I don't disagree with you. I just don't know if it's necessarily needed at this point when the Super Bowl is an undocumented holiday in the United States. So I think the NFL this season will do well. But you, you're right, though. It may not. And, and in years past, it's been some star power and ratings still haven't been the greatest. So you want to have all the, I guess, positive factors on your side if you're the league going in to Super Bowl week. But it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, we did have one more tweet. Hold on, let me read that real quick. I want to put out there, Fourth and Long LLC, Fourth and Long Radio LLC on Twitter, said the only one I would say is the Packers. Everything that we're talking about is validating the fact that right now there is no consensus favorite. And for us as football fans, that adds a lot of intrigue. But this week, fam, we are not making our Week 17 NFL picks on the show. Will T, don't choke this away, bro. You you kind of lost your lead a little <laughs> somewhat. I didn't, didn't choke anything away. I like the competition. I like the competition. Uh, <laughs> I didn't choke anything away, dog. Of course, uh, check our picks out. On the Football Garbage Time website, just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. Of course, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us on, at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Team, Empire Media, at empiremedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Thanks for listening. In the words of Wole, who will be back next week, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Team. Will T, give me the four ages joint, man. For ages. You got to say, you dig? You dig? <laughs> My bad. Do All right, we, that, was, that was tragic. Let's try again. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Team for ages. You dig? Deuces. I'm horrible at this. Wole, looking forward to having you back next week. Mega lead us out, big homie. Thank you.